Hello there, music podcast fans. Gareth here. Uh, this week, unfortunately, we haven't been able to record a new show for you because Anthony's been very ill for the past couple of weeks. Fortunately, he is on the mend now and should be back for a show next week. I know we've been away a fair bit recently. We've had a fair bit of upheaval in our personal lives. Um, but So instead of putting out another repeat for you, we thought we would give you the chance to listen to one of our patron-only bonus shows. So these are shows that we do, especially for our patrons, the lovely people that financially support the podcast and make sure that it can come to you each and every week when <laughs> when we're able to record one for free with our adverts. This show is the first one we did, and it's been available to them for over a year. And we thought it'd be good to, you know, give the rest of you, the thousands of people who listen to this show but don't support us uh, financially, give you a taste of what you're missing out on. Uh, so this one I'm going to play is us talking and playing music uh, that is from bands that have been really formative to to the two of us as individuals, uh, formative to our taste in music, but also about things that have essentially made the podcast what it is and the music that we choose what it is. Uh, so there'll be some stuff in here that you know, there'll be some really real hidden gems in here that you've probably not heard before. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. Um, oh, and if you do enjoy it, do consider supporting the podcast at patreon.com forward slash independent music podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hello and welcome to the Independent Music Podcast, 10 of the best new songs every week, hosted by me, Anthony Chalmers. And me, Gareth May.
and welcome to this very special bonus, first ever bonus episode of the Independent Music Podcast, especially for you, our lovely patrons. Yeah, it's a funny one, this, but we've sort of never done one like this before, and it's not for tons of people, but we love each and every one of you brilliant people. More so than everyone else, and only you will hear us say that, but (laughs) like, like a cheating man or woman just being like... It's only for you. You are you are the only one for me. <laughs> um, okay, guys. That's, um, that's what I'm going with. I understand where you're coming from. So basically, the theme of this podcast, essentially, is just going to play you ten tracks that are sort of absolute all-time favourites We just ours. can't not play five tracks each. Yeah, well, we that's just, just well, that's the, that's the, the, the theme. Format. That's the format, isn't it? So no sort of specific thing apart from it, it's just 10 tunes that are absolute all-time favorites of ours songs that mean something to us songs that we just think are perfect songs yeah i mean i'm going to completely contradict all of that in that there's nothing like a perfect song and nothing like a favorite song in my eyes in some ways but these are songs that yeah we mean something to us individually i can't say that i think something's like uh my number one favorite song but definitely i could have favorites oh, and so do you sure. not think there can be a perfect song Oh, man, I think that can be a perfect song. Are you going to play us some? All of them. Excellent. <laughs> well, going, the first one was one of mine. It's uh, the amazing, unbelievable Coach Whips. Uh, original, well, not the original band, but one band of John Dwyer's. Back in the day, is a track called you, You're Gonna Get It. It's the opener from Bangers vs. Fuckers, which came out on Narnak in 2003. Uh, some, a little bit to talk about that. I sort of credit that song in a lot of ways from completely changing my music taste and completely changing the way I viewed music. It was so I was in Liverpool, I was living in Liverpool at the time, writing about indie music mostly because that was what I grew up listening to a lot of that sort of stuff. And I picked up a copy of The Enemy, like any self, uh, self, self-respecting indie music fan of the time. That's me. And they had this uh, review for as just like as in HMV reading The Enemy, and it was like they had this review for Bangers vs. Fuckers by Coach Whips, and it has, the cover of it is a sheep and a goat kissing, um, <laughs> and it was called Bangers vs. Fuckers by Coach Whips, and it had like an 8 out of 10, and it was like 11 tracks, 18 minutes, the best thing you'll hear this week. So I was like, okay, I'm going to buy that, because you had to buy music back in those days. And yeah, it I got it home, it completely blew my mind, and you know, as you know, big fans of the podcasts that you are, you will know that I love John Dwyer and the OCs and any project that he's involved in, essentially. And that is where it all started, was from there. That's also the longest track on that album. Yeah, when Gaz started playing, I was like, oh, how long is this one going to be? It's about a minute. I was like, oh, no, two and a half minutes. A proper, pro- proper prog number. Opus <laughs> uh, from Coach Whip. So amazing band. If you've not heard of them, Bangers vs. Fuckers and uh, Peanut Butter and Jelly Live at the Ginger Minge, which was the follow-up record, which is also brilliant. I feel like Gazers might have some sort of better chat than me on some of these songs. Um, I just love music. <laughs> but um, but I, so first one for me is a favourite song of mine. It's also one of my absolute favourite songs of my dad as well. And it's definitely a song that I consider a absolutely and completely perfect song. It's Hercules by Aaron Neville featuring uh, drums and uh, co-writing by New Orleans legend Alan Toussaint. Yeah. 
1973, Aaron Neville on vocals and the legendary The Meters, the New Orleans sort of funk house band led by Alan Toussaint, um, were his backing band for the sessions for that song and for that album. Um, I love it how just effortlessly cool that song is. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. The amazing bass line, um, the drumming, 
all of it. Just it, it's one of those songs that makes me feel like I'm strutting around cool, despite the fact I ain't cool. It's pretty much what we were doing, uh, so off mic during that strutting around, being cool, <laughs> talking about the perfect song of which uh, a change is going to come is obviously a perfect song. We were, exactly, we were the sort of discussing the perfect songs because there are there are definitely some of them. Yeah, so the meters they were. They featured quite heavily on that soul jazz compilation, didn't they? Of, uh, New Orleans funk. That's the one. Such a great record. Uh, back in the day when uh, soul jazz released those compilations for like fifteen pound for a treble. Well, we got lucky because we used to buy them at the indie label market, right? Which was when you could buy them for a tenner. Yeah. Oh, oh delicious. That's why I have so many of those. Yeah, <laughs> just so, like triple album, ten quid or fifteen quid or whatever it was. I was just like, yes, one track will do it, and that's it. When did you hit first hear Hercules, Anthony? I heard that from my dad. Um, but I couldn't tell you exactly when. Like, it's one of my dad's all-time favourite songs. Yeah. Like, Hercules and um, uh, Across 110th Street, that sort of the same, oh, sort man. of the same, another perfect song for certain. Mm. Like, just sort of that sort of 70s black cool, yeah. sort of that, that era. And, uh, yeah, I couldn't have told you exactly when it was, but definitely a via my dad. It's definitely, uh, maybe that's a future bonus episode, is <laughs> songs from our dad. It's mostly uh, sort of black exploitation era music, I think. Um, what else did my dad used to like? I remember him listening to uh, Eels, definitely, who were nearly included on this podcast. Eels, Our really? band I got into from my dad. Absolutely. My dad loved Beautiful Freak and had it, brought it on CD when it came out. Wowza. So, well, my dad's, um, I'm 34 and my dad's uh, 55. So, no, no, my dad's younger than that, 50. Early starter. Yeah, yeah, no, he's younger than that because of, <laughs> he was, I was, he was nineteen when I was born, so whatever, nineteen years older than me. So fifty three, yeah, fifty three, exactly. So fifty three, you know. So when Eels Beautiful Freak came out, so it's nineteen ninety four, you know, puts him in what his late twenties. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I could. I don't know if my dad's ever heard Eels, but um, yeah, it was he used to, like drum and bass as well. Like he used to like into sort of like David Holmes and Dread Zone and stuff like that when that was coming up wow. in the, the mid nineties. I'm learning so much new stuff about your dad. Why wasn't he at Eels with us a few weeks ago? Uh, yeah, he he could have he could have he could have been there. Yeah. The one that he was upset was when I saw Bobby Womack at uh, Notting Hill Arts Club. It turned out to be one of his last ever shows. I'm kind of upset about that. And, he didn't invite me to and that. He was. I can't remember who I went with. I saw him at Glastonbury, Bobby Womack. Yeah. Not your dad, although I would have put past him. If he was at Glastonbury. Yeah, no, Bobby Womack at Glastonbury, yeah. It, was, it would have been the same tour as when he, was, he had the record with Damon Albarn, wasn't it? You got it, yeah. had Richard Russell from XL playing in the band as well. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, let's move on. Let's move on. Maybe Dad's future, future bonus episode. Stick with the patron. Um, but anyway, I'm going to play something. What am I going to play, Anthony? I'm going to play a bit of hip-hop, I think. I'm going to play uh, Roots Maneuver. Obviously, local to this parish in terms of where we record the podcast in South London. Absolutely mesmerizing, brilliant artist. I was a latecomer to Roots Maneuver, a latecomer to a lot of different types of music, in fact. Uh, but Run Come Save Me, obviously, the album with fit, uh, Witness the Fitness, like the big hit. Uh, I not say I would prefer this song, but it's definitely one that I play when I want to play a Roots Maneuver song that isn't Witness. Uh, this is uh, from Come, Run Come Save Me, it's called Join the Dots. Escalades, I best behave to the rhythm of just a slave selected brave. My lecture, 
make extra waves. Dogging your sound, causing you clouds just to cave. Address the rage, rush the stage just to blaze. Glorifying glamour and gore is just a phase. Cutting down the rainforest for cows just to graze. It's killing the populace when you clone test two days. Text to change, cause the fantasies they try to feed us. Under the bridge, drumming for Flea and Anthony Kiedis. I ran from elitists who got the truth confused. It's the man, Vivian, and the one who's my new yeah. Mystic mindset, travel at war eight. Flashback to my very first taste of hash cake. Oh lord, I feel so sensible. And every now and then I get a great sense of war. Synchronization of the hip gyration of the old time. New brand, back to black. Man, I'm a no man, a old man, boy, a boy, girl, a girl. Stepping out of place with the light of the world, I'm locked up. Weak grass rushing through my veins. Skip over the rocky terrain and maintain like a weed whore. Checking that hydroponic bar. Earth child, come see me rolling in the mud. He Virgo, ever so civilized while out on road. No play, don't be kids wise. Don't wanna get mixed up in they mix up. Wanna just fix up. Mind, soul, and mental plane. Join the guts, plot, not in the club. Knock, knock in the knock. The witch, the where, the what? Do no maneuver, get hit in the club. Stew chicken in the dust pot, running it up. Join the guts, plot, not in the club. Knock, knock in the knock. The witch, the where, the what? Do no maneuver, get hit in the club. Stew chicken in the dust pot, running it up. Some of these fellas be overzealous. We had them marks, jealous in dark cellars. Like Bradford Marcellus, we park dwellers Rhythm rebellers, we spark letters, we are sellers Bleeding the water, the sharks, fellas Be quick with your camcorder In no particular player order We go hit like vehicular manslaughter Sing In ting, bring a fling, I'm bringing it on Refuse to get lost in the quest for one Although we transatlantic, we never pedantic Check my antic, we're most romantic We plan shit, loop herself, go on and leave We're tilling the saw, man, we're tilling the sea Join the guts, plot, blood in the blood Knock, knock in the knock, the witch, the where, the what Do no maneuver, get hit in the gut Stew chicken in the dust pot, running it hot Join the guts, plot, blood in the blood Knock, knock in the knock, the witch, the where, the what Do no maneuver, get hit in the gut Stew chicken in the dust pot, running it hot No, sir, Mr. Tuna, I can't burn your blunt I remember the last time and how I got conquered Ran slow while my clan broke cancel. Let the man know my pen brush strokes like Van Gogh. I disappear like his missing ear when I'm switching gear. Shining like your kitchen where I'm rich and rare. Get your picture clear. Tune of the stealth reporter. I melt your order like sugar itself. So water. Whoever felt the horror was loaded. They chance tag. Surround your sound like a spandex pants leg. Spread like an advanced flag. Words never dance back. Shout to F the F at beast. My man crack. Join the guts, block, blood in the block. Knock, knock in the knock. The witch, the where, the what? Do no maneuver, get in the club. Stew chicken in the dust pot, running it hot. Join the guts, block, blood in the block. Knock, knock in the knock. The witch, the where, the what? Do no maneuver, get in the club. Stew chicken in the dust pot, running it hot. Join the dots, uh, such a absolute unbelievable banger. I absolutely love it. And uh, yeah, like I was saying before, it's um, I was a bit of a late comer to Roots Maneuver. What introduced me to Roots Maneuver was the man stood next to me, Anthony Chalmers. Not introduced me to Roots Maneuver because I'd heard Witness as 
as well as most of the population had, but it was uh, Duppy Writer. Do you remember the uh, uh, the With, Wrong uh, Tom? Wrong Tom versus Roots Maneuver. Yeah, essentially Wrong Tom, uh, amazing uh, sort of dancehall producer, putting together sort of refixes of uh, Roots Maneuver tracks. And it was listening to that. I think it was a, a Son of Bodder, which is a remix of Son of the Soil, which is the B-side to Witness. And I think that was the track, and it was one that I was going to play on this show. But then I thought, no, you know what? Proper Tings is the, is, is the wicked one from that record. But you know the journey I went on to get into Roots Maneuver from listening to that record was I essentially did an unrefixed playlist on Spotify, which was every track from that album, but the original one of it. Makes sense. Yeah, which is, is actually harder than you'd have thought to figure out because they're, they've got different titles. And yeah, listen to that. I'll put it on the Patreon page or something like that to, to listen because it's a great way to listen to some, not the hits of Roots Maneuver, but some of his really good other songs. Yeah, around that time I bought, so this was about 10 years ago, I bought uh, the his debut album, uh, Brand New Second Hand. It came out in 1989, mm. so a good, uh, good 10 years later on that. Um, and I've listened to that one loads, uh, well more than I have actually that record. Um, although I definitely have listened to both a fair bit. Yeah, so Run Come Save Me is such a great cheer. I think every record from Roots Maneuver is good and it's come out on Big Dada, I think, all of them as well. I have, yeah. Yeah, so, and his last one, Bloods, I think it was called, wasn't it, was also absolutely cracking. Sort of a change of direction, but great. So probably my favourite album to come out from this period that we're talking about, like sort of the end of the noughties, um, is uh, the debut album from Fever Ray. The, you might know the band, the Swedish band, The Knife, if you haven't come across Fever Ray yet. You might know the brilliant Fever Ray record that came out at the end of last year. Exactly. So Corinne Johansson sort of rose to prominence as part of the dance, uh, brother-sister dance duo, The Knife, who were an excellent band and I really like. But for me, the stuff she's done with Fever Ray has completely transcended um, everything that made her popular to begin with. She's done two records nearly 10 years apart, completely different sounding, um, absolutely amazing. I have huge regrets missing when she played this album at Brixton Academy. There's only one gig that I really, that, that still pains me that I wasn't there. And that's the first Fever Ray show um, when she toured this, first, this album. And I, I, I don't know, I could have gone on. My mate was like, oh, you're buying tickets? And I was like, oh, it's 30 quid or this something. Sound, this sounds familiar. And I was like, but this this one, I was just like, oh, people came back and they were like, it's the best gig I've ever seen. It was absolutely incredible. And then Gareth saw her at uh, Primavera, this uh, year. Primavera Porto doing a completely different sort of set of the new album and said also that it was one of the best things he'd ever seen. Top three, easy. Um, so And also, we every time we see each other at the moment, I'm like, oh, have you got your Fever Ray tickets for Brixton Academy? November the 5th, I'm going to do it. Do I'm, it. I'm going to do it. Uh, I've just been Don't paid. I've just been well. paid for that Dawson curating job. So, all right, I'm doing it. In it. Um, so, this is another song that I consider a perfect song. I basically consider it a perfect album as well. Uh, I could play most anything from it. This is uh, "Dry and Dusty" by Fever Ray.
absolutely beautiful, mesmerising music from Viva Ray, Dry and Dusty. That's from her self-titled debut album. I know that record a lot less well than uh, her last record. Very, very different. You are correct. Yeah. Um, how I saw, how she seems as an artist anyway, she's not someone I've ever worked with or ever met or anything like that. And she doesn't do a lot of interviews either. Um, the album just seemed to be reflections for herself and how she was feeling at the time. You know, it's quite a spiritual record, sort of about uh, humans' relationship with the earth and um, and the spirit and stuff like that. And then her latest record is like a sort of mad S&M lesbian bondage album. Well, it's more a, a, a tiny bit of a disservice, but in terms of it's very similar in terms of its uh, connection with sexuality and uh, certainly society's views of... Uh, sexuality and certainly bisexuality or the fact that sexuality is much more fluid than heterosexual homosexual bisexual and labels like that it's exactly and it's obviously how it's obviously what's on her mind you know how she's been feeling the the issues that that she's been grappling with and the in each artist approaches music in a different way but she's definitely one of those people who definitely there's not much separating the person and the music i think no she's a because uh, she was Married, had a couple of kids and then sort of discovered, I just said don't put labels on sexuality, but discovered liking women and dating women. And yeah, there's a there's a couple of amazing lyrics on the record. I can't remember the name of the track, but it's sort of like something like I just want to fuck sort of thing. And it's like society finds it hard to fuck or something like that. It's a yeah, wonderful record and definitely go check it out if you haven't listened to it already. Anthony played it on the pod, a track from it on the podcast when it came out, and then I sort of went, that's amazing, and then didn't really check it out again until about three months ago, and now I'm obsessed. Mm-hmm. Too much good music, man. Yeah, there's a great uh, interview with her in The Guardian as well at the time of the release, so definitely go check that out. Um, one artist, so when I was in my sort of, well, in the early noughties, so I was, what, about 19 at the time I was 1920 sort of age I really got into breakcore in like a pretty serious way it uh, might have uh, inca- it might have uh, coincided with getting into 5 pound grams of speed I was just Birmingham. about to say might have coincided with getting into drugs yeah <laughs> something like that so I was like it's quite funny so there's like at that time breakcore gabba those sorts of genres were really big and the drop beat is around the sort of time of the second Iraq war so drop beats not bombs were sort of doing great business in that sort of you know, sound that abrasive electronic sort of club music world. Wrong music starting to get going in Brighton and shit Matt and DJ yeah. Scotch Egg and that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. So I remember seeing DJ Scotch Egg lots of times and uh, now of uh, Whack Whack Kingdom. And I saw him a lot around that time. Shit Matt as well was one I was going to play on this and when I was sort of in a mood for Gabba earlier and there's a full English breakfast record I would urge you to go check that out if you like something that is a mixture of silly and banging Um, and then I was going to play Venetian Snares a favourite of both of ours one of those artists that we sort of bonded over when we first well the thing is is that when you I'm not sure that I knew who Venetian Snares was when you played Venetian Snares I don't think so really? No, I don't think so. Wow. Well, like I, I, you are welcome. Well, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I just, I don't think so anyway. I'm not, I saw DJ Scott Chegg at a festival in London a few years around that time, but I'm not sure. Definitely, I wasn't that familiar with his music at the very least, I'll say. And I just, I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I've ever heard music like that before. It's just like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. So, um, Venetian Snares, the first record I really got into was the Chocolate Wheelchair album. So I was going to play 
uh, either Einstein Rosen Bridge or Marty's Tardis on that two absolutely cracking tunes. Uh, but then, you know, I, I I had to pick the one where I can't pronounce literally anything on it. Uh, it's an album that came out two years after Chocolate Wheel Child. But I think it was like 2004 this one came out. It's called uh, Roz Kaling Alet Schisbrett or something like that. This is classic one, that one that we can't say any of it. Yeah, it's the one that sort of mixed that silly crazy magnificent breakcore sort of sounds with the classical stuff yeah well. with classical and it's it's then when you realize that you know music is real artistry when you can do things like this and so it's like combining this you know crazy drug music with beautiful classical music is a fantastic achievement and when you can do that and still make the club go off at four in the morning <laughs> yeah we'll wait and see so this is uh the lead traffic called Anglicos Vasama.
Any idea what the sample is on that, guys? The vocals? No, no it's obviously a... Um... Old tuner some sort. <laughs> old tuner some sort. That's the sort of research and in-depth knowledge uh, you <laughs> that you guys... get on this special episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. But it's a Venetian snares. Uh, Rose Kaling uh, Alat uh, Stulfet or whatever. <laughs> I, I can't really read it from here. It's uh, but the the album that you won't be able to pronounce unless you speak whatever language. That released in two thousand and four. Is it Hungarian? Right. Uh, I'm not sure, but it's uh, out on Planet Mew, who released pretty much everything that Venetian snares has done. The other option. The Venetian snares actually was Sabbath dub, which is amazing tune that I've got somewhere on the shelf. Yeah, definitely uh, the best use of a 10 inch record ever. <laughs> Shout out to Chris Reader of Rocket Recordings for DJing that one at one of my old keepers nights at Alibi. Is that right? That's how it? I heard it. I booked him to DJ one of my nights. I used to do a, a, a club night every Tuesday, uh, sorry, monthly Tuesday at a bar in Dawson in London called Alibi, 10 till 3 on a Tuesday. And essentially we played sort of like weird music for the first, from 10 until 1 and then bangers from 1 until 3. Should do that again. And Chris Reader from Rocket um, was DJing and he played this Black Sabbath but with a heavy bass. Just like, what the fuck is this? And it was Sabbath dubs by Phoenician Snares. Yeah, Check that one out. There's a, someone's done a video on YouTube, yeah, which isn't the official video of this song, but it's a uh, essentially a guy who I presume is bought is taken ketamine, something like that. It's certainly he's certainly not extremely well. drunk, extremely high, extremely something. Uh, yeah, and he's trying to buy beer, and it's just the CCTV footage of him trying to get a beer, swaying out around the oh. supermarket, falling over, trying to get up. <laughs> It's it, 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 it's woozy. It's one of the best things ever. And obviously the music that goes with it is also <laughs> cracking. But, you know, Venetian Snare is still releasing amazing music, as we will no doubt play on the podcast. Um, if you thought that Gareth was going to be the first one to play some reggae on the pod, you were wrong. It I've was me. None. I did also, I did kind of want to play Eka Mouse, but I reckon <laughs> we've definitely got a reggae dancehall one in us at some point. Not if we want to keep our patrons, Gareth. Can, well... <laughs> We'll say, we will convert you. <laughs> um, um, this isn't an album that I got into when I was a kid or something. I couldn't tell you when I heard it for the first time. I, I'm not sure. I heard this at uni for the first time, this yeah. record, and it's uh, been sort of per- pervasive mm. since then. Yeah, I never went to uni and I, and I didn't really uh, start working when I was 15. I definitely missed a bit of that sort of hang around listening to music and get stoned for, for some years that is formative for a lot of people. It's pretty much entirely what I did at university. <laughs> hey, this is another song that I consider an absolutely perfect song and is the Congo's Ark of the Covenant. Even the 
could have played Fisherman, could have played some other tunes, but Ark of the Covenant's my favourite. The Congos, Ark of the Covenant from 1977, recorded in 1976 at Black Ark Studios by Lee Perry and uh, featuring sort of his band and friends who were there, Sly of Sly and Robbie Frames on drums on that. And yeah, who's who of excellent dub people. The production on it, amazing, inventive, the weird sort of cow sound at the end is a famous sort of tube built by Lee, which he's turned it upside down and it made a sound a bit like that. Yes. Um, almost like they were smoking loads of weed. <laughs> almost as though, yeah, you know, famously he used to record it and, the, and then on the, obviously on the tapes and then just bury it in his garden and <laughs> urinate on it or something, dig it up like a, a couple of weeks later when it was degraded a bit to get what he was his opinion, like the perfect sound that he was getting. Is that right? Casting spells on them. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, it's like mystical shit going on at Black Ark Studios. That's amazing if that... If that uh, that's completely I, I can't amazing. say that it's the case for this album, but it was definitely like that was a practice that he did. Wow, that's amazing. Even if it's not true, like you go with the myth, and it's <laughs> always more interesting, isn't it? Wasn't that a uh, quote from uh, the chap that started Factory Records? Tony Wilson, he's always said that about Factory, and that was uh, the film uh, 24-Hour Party People. God, that's a great tune. 24 hour party people by Happy Mondays could have gone on here. Uh, it's from more my neck of the woods. But instead, I'm going to play something from a Hamburg based producer. This is, as almost said, bang up today. It's from 2016. And this is something we did play on the podcast. And it's a track that, out of all the tracks that we play on the podcast, and it's amazing having a Patreon now because we get way more feedback from you guys about what you're enjoying, what you're not on the podcast. And, you know, this one was the one where people just got in touch to say what was that that is unbelievable and you know it's uh, from Jar U like I say Hamburg producer it was released on Steppers Records which is a London uh, dub label he's a Korean guy though right Uh, Jar U is Korean for freedom I always assume I I think he is Korean yes it's definitely from that part I think he's a German based sorry he's a a Germany based Korean I believe yeah I'm pretty sure that is correct Uh, but this record it was Trigram 5 is the one it came out on another great use of a 10 inch vinyl I I was just thinking that I was like is the only only positive press you're going to find for that format here on the independent music podcast two in one two in one (laughs) that's unbelievable if it was jar you uh, to the end of the earth and sea and on the other, on the flip side, it was Sabbath Dub by Venetian Snares. Man, that would have been. That's a record I've uh, spent some money yeah, on. Yeah, seriously. Serious record. But anyway, here it is. It's a jar you to the end of the earth and sea. And yeah. <laughs>
Which are you to the end of the earth and sea, taken from Trigram 5 on Steppers Records. It's a song that's only two years old, but it's aged very well. It's a classic, essentially. It is an absolute stonewall classic. Yes, it's definitely a podcast staple, that. uh, uh, Going back to Venetian Snares for a moment, uh, the sample was, of course, Gloomy Sunday by Billie Holiday. So, prizes to whoever guessed that. Or knew that, but obviously not <laughs> yeah. one of us two idiots. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Jar you it's still like obviously Shimmering Crow, I think, uh, was the, or Tripadel Crow, something like that, was the label that he last released on. Uh, d- re- does quite a lot of uh, interesting stuff, but nothing quite like yeah. that. But I don't think any artist can quite yeah. hit those. The Trigram ones. series is uh, was the that the series that that was on was released by um, Alpha Stepper. Yeah, we, we played on the podcast just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, the latest on the Trigram series, I think it's up to seven, I think, was uh, that one. So, yeah, it's uh, only got a few more to go. One thing that I'm sure I don't have to tell to you people who are... Uh, you people. Who you call you people? <laughs> one thing I'm sure I don't have to tell to our fine listeners is that, you know, one thing... The, this is a song that's reasonably new to me, like the last five, six, seven years. And some of the other ones are as well, you know... It's it's never too you know you can find your your absolute favourite songs of all time come round all the time. Yeah, and especially in this world where there's so many great reissues and stuff like that, it's uh, definitely yeah, music is timeless. Exactly, and like people, you, you know, a lot of people can get stuck into you know the music of their youth, the, the most formative things. But it's important, you know that yeah. But also just discovering, I said, completely new genres. You know, it definitely, I don't know exactly, but ten years ago. Let's say I'm sure I didn't know anything about sort of like tropical disco dance music uh, like I do now after getting into a few excellent record labels who released that sort of thing. And one of them is this one here. It's Africa Disco Power. It's um, from a band called Baza Baza, uh, whose actual album that was extremely expensive to buy was just reissued. And I think we might have played a track from it on the pod when it was reissued. Um, Definitely something we might have done. This is a dance edit put together by Sofrito. Sofrito is a London-based record label. This edit is done by Frankie Francis, I believe, who also did all the mastering and pressing for my record label back in the day. So definitely someone who's helped out a lot. I wanted to play one tune that I absolutely love to DJ. One that it, theoretically, if someone else apart from this, apart from me, was DJing this, would make me literally sprint to the dance floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's this one, and it's Africa Disco Power. I'll tell you a bit more about it. Thank you. 
disco music. African soul power has the feeling. Disco Power by the Safrita edit of Baza Baza's Africa Soul Power. Um, Baza Baza, like a, it wasn't Safrito, but it was a label that's affiliated, released vi- a Baza Baza compilation, right? But, no, no, uh, Vintage Voodoo, uh, the Amsterdam-based record label of Alex Figuero, Fumasa Preta, um, recently reissued Baza Baza's debut album that's that it. features that song. The album's called Hawowo, and I believe we played a song from it on the pod. I think I did anyway, that song. Um, this is 1979 is when the album's from originally and it was one of Ghana's most 
sought after records by collectors, an absolute stone cold classic. And yeah, just been reissued by Vintage Voodoo. So if you want to pick up that now for less than 300 quid, you can do nice and easy like I did. Yeah, it's, uh, it's quite interesting. When I was in Uganda, they uh, he had a copy of that record. I was like, oh man, this is such a great record. And, complete, and he's like, oh yeah, the guy who runs the label just sent it to me. Completely missed that. Well, I saw his vintage voodoo, but completely forgot that that was the guy from Fuma Suppressors. Yeah, that's Alex. Label. It's, it's he. He's one half of it. There's another guy as well who I don't know. But certainly one of the two. Yeah. So um, this is the last track for me. Is uh, for when we talk about when people ask me, uh, people who aren't really into music but know I am, they're like, oh, so what's your favorite album of all time? It's a question that is often. One of those awful questions that people ask. Like, yeah, it's so hard to answer, and what are you supposed to say? But I find it incredibly easy to answer the question. I find it really hard to do like top three albums of all time, but top album of all time is undeni- undeniably uh, Forever Changes by Love, which you know isn't a rare record, isn't a hidden gem, isn't is you know is a big a, a big record. And when I first discovered it, it was when I was living in Liverpool. And it was one of those label. It was one of those records that always ended up on like best albums of all time, hundreds or best psychedelic records of all time, uh, compilate like lists. And I was in HMV again, actually, funnily enough. Uh, Formative Birmingham and Liverpool HMVs. Well, it was the same HMV. Okay. It was in Liverpool, um, and they had it for five hours. Like, yeah, I'm going to do it. So it's like. Don't talk too much about this, but when I was in Liverpool, I was like super depressed, super miserable for like pretty much a whole year. And so I was having a really awful, awful sort of time of it. You know, it was not in a good way, suffer from depression. This was sort of the big fucking mean one that I ever had. And so I picked up this record uh, by Love, five quid on CD from Liverpool HMV. And I took it home and I put and I played it, pressed play. And I was like, this is nice. It got about... But I was doing something else at the, at the time, and it was on in the background. And it got to, like, maybe track six or seven, and it was this track, and it was just like, hang on a sec. I'm going to have to go back to the start and really fucking listen to this record, because it was at that point I was just like, this is one of the most beautiful, stunning, incredible things I've ever heard. And, you know, if you suffer from depression, you probably know that it's really hard to get out of that and it's really hard to sort of see any sort of joy or light or positivity in the world and it was at that point that I was just like you know what life's all right it's gonna be all right life can be fine you know life can if life can produce something as beautiful as this then you know it can do all right and you know I'm a long a firm believer that music is entirely subjective and favorite music comes from your personal experiences with it. So I don't expect anyone to listen to this song and go, oh my God, that's the best song ever or anything like that. But for me personally, it's one that really resonates and uh, talks about a time in my life. Anyway, Forever Changes from Love, the album, and the track is called The Red Telephone. Sitting on the hillside Watching all the people die I feel much better on the other side of the road I believe in magic Why? Because it is so Quick. I don't need power when I'm hypnotized. 
chatting about love and looking at great love albums and well all of them is the answer to that question but i love love and it was uh, it was forever changes that got me into them originally that track called the red telephone actually had uh, the name of a potential project that me and rich hughes uh, uh took some distance uh, well about 
eight years ago, I'm going to say, but she's a co-founder of Line of Best Fit. And yeah, so we were going to do like a music magazine. Uh, it was just after I'd done Bearded and he'd left the Line of Best Fit he'd got a sort of, uh, his music taste had gone a bit uh, sort of more experimental and avant-garde than the Line of Best Fit was doing. And um, so, but, and we had like meetings with like Belly Union who were going to fund it at one point and all sorts of stuff. But um, yeah, didn't happen like that and didn't happen at all like many of my projects. The yeah. planning stage is the funnest anyway. Yeah, exactly. Actually doing it's no fun. Oof, no. Unlike this podcast, and I'm having <laughs> like a great Every moment's time. a joy. But no, um, Love for Sale is, uh, the, is a wonderful album. Uh, My Little Red Book, their cover of a Burt Bacharach song. Also, absolute garage classic. Just a band who, if you are not aware, could dive in and have a lot of fun. I saw Arthur Lee live a few times. In fact, one person I did see just before he died. So I saw him three or four times live and you know uh just fell to bits every time no i never i never saw him um well that's about all we've got time for thank you very much for being a patron thank you very much for listening to this special episode we have both really really enjoyed making this so uh the fact that it's that there's uh nearly as many people in this room as this is going to be going out to kind of it feels a bit special that's not true there's at least double there people. is exactly double yeah. <laughs> Six people, three people in this room, and that tells you the patrons. Yeah, so um, it makes this all feel really special. The fact that we're having we're having a bit of time together, bringing you some of our favourite music. Um, you've kind of obviously shown us that what we do is important to you. Yeah. So that is brilliant. If you're a first time listener, you can subscribe on iTunes <laughs> or wherever you get your podcasts. Nah, I think we can do that. I think, I think we can give that one a miss. Yeah. Um, I'm going to leave you with the band who I believe are sort of the best contemporary rock band. They're a band that are really important to Babi Yaga's Hut the night that I promote. They're a band that have definitely uh, trailblazed some of the uh, best UK rock bands that sort of come after them in a similar sort of vein. They're called Part Chimp. We played them on the podcast before. And this is from their 2009, uh, their second album, uh, Thriller. Is this the third album? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it's the third album, so I've got one more now. And um, yeah, they're a magnificent band. South London Heroes, along with Roots Maneuver. Second one on this here pod. And uh, Another yeah, this... theme. <laughs> exactly. It's just one of the best riff songs ever, basically. Here it is. See you next month. If you wanna, if you if you have a suggestion of what kind of a special podcast you'd like, give us a shout. You've got a pretty good chance of getting it. Email address special ones at independentmusicpodcast.net. <laughs> have you actually made that? That actually exists. <laughs> we, we've had that. We've we've had a few patrons email us on uh, special ones oh, at yeah. independentmusicpodcast.net to <laughs> just tell us how much they appreciate us and we can say how much we appreciate yeah, you. Exactly. Say what you want, and we will do it next month. <laughs> He's trying.